good. <laughs> what have I signed up for? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Welcome back, everybody. Bricks and mortar mortgages, buying, selling, renting property. You've got to listen to the Bricks and Mortar podcast. It's like Christmas. I tell you what, it is just like Christmas. 29th of June is when we're all going to start buying, selling and renting property again. So what better than to get one of my pals on from the estate agency world and talk what's going to happen moving forward. So who I've asked is Lisa Pitchers. We're going to talk about the bounce, how long the bounce is going to last. We're going to talk logistics. How is everybody going to get out to properties and what's going to happen there? And then the future as far as the estate agency is concerned. So listen, you'll see Lisa's there. Um, so Lisa, I'll give you a little bit of a blog on Lisa. She's manager of Retties. Uh, she's been uh, doing the estate agency and letting side of things for 25 years. I can't quite, she probably can't believe that either, yes. 25 <laughs> years. Uh, she started off at Slogsley, the Hogg and Harrison, did 15 years there. She's been uh, the manager of the city centre branch with Reti since 2018. And I've done a bit of snooping. It's amazing right. what you can find on, <laughs> uh, on the internet. So you did a Metro interview and apparently you wake up to ACDC's Thunderstruck. Yes. Um, <laughs> you love your yoga and get yes. this, you've got 52 jumpers. Yeah, yeah, I still not managed to get rid of any of them. Um, the plan was the plan was to do some eBay selling, but I've been working too hard to have the time to, to organise that. Though, yeah, yeah, good that was stuff. good. That was good. Uh, good fun getting the chance to do that. That was just yeah. kind of an idea of a typical day. What was happening? We were all um, from in the week leading up to lockdown actually happening. The company kind of decamped everybody um, to home mm -hmm. so that we could test out all our tech and all the kit to make sure that everybody was all able to still function with their role but from their living room or hall or whatever else so um that was us all just kind of prepped and ready and, and that became my routine of how my life was so getting it on the in the metro was interesting <laughs> and and how did you find that transformation because everybody's had to go through that transformation of doing the working mm -hmm. at home was it pretty yeah. seamless well it was seamless from the technical point of view um just because our companies pretty well geared up for how our um, IT is. I mean, we've got docking yep. stations, laptops, that kind of thing. So that aspect of things made life so much easier for client contact, mm. for the continuity of customers phoning in because it was a very testing time for people, um, not knowing what was going to happen with their sale in the middle of a negotiation for something, et cetera. So that, that really um, helped. And, and then just from the transition of it, it was kind of like a novelty. And I think everybody was in shock for the first few weeks that this was actually happening that we were locked in our homes effectively um, but quickly got used to it and then quickly got a bit of cabin fever <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and there's no suggestion i guess from the estate agency world that 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 could potentially be a long-term solution um, my wife my wife works at the uh, at the at the bank um, and they're talking about doing a lot more um, home working but i guess mm -hmm. you you need to see the whites of their eyes so to speak well, on, on appointments, I mean, as a company, we are um, dedicated to keeping the homeworking going from the point of view of social distancing within offices. Some of our mm -hmm. offices are really spacious. Certainly the, the Bath Street office could hold a load of people and you would be miles away from each other. Yeah, um, yeah. But in smaller offices um, where you maybe got eight, ten 
plus staff and viewing agents coming and going, the idea there is that you only have a maximum of three or four people within the branch and the rest of the team will be working remotely. Oh, right. okay. um, and that's across um, across the full scope. So, you know, as long as you're set up with, you know, the kit to be able to do it, you can log in, everybody's, you know, networked and, you know, the email recipients and um, your telephone for transferring calls, etc. It's all very um, seamless. Um, mm -hmm. It can work well and it means that we're just still adhering to government guidance until it's a little bit more free and easy to just kind of get back to whatever normality we will find it, in the future. It is amazing that when you are forced, your hand is forced and you have to do something that you adapt so well. And I think yeah. that's, that's been um, the sort of eye opener to me. Certainly, yeah. as far as the, the networking is concerned, doing the Zoom thing, admittedly, yes, I think that if you've never met the person, you would like to do, you know, a face-to-face, -face. but ultimately, yeah. if you know the person and you've met the person before, then why wouldn't you want to do a Zoom? It's going to save you half an hour getting there, save you half an hour getting back. Um, yeah. But I definitely certainly think for me... Yeah, it's definitely going to change the way business is, is conducted going forward, certainly for our company monthly meetings, etc. for the foreseeable future. We're just having our kind of tactical monthly financial discussions with our you know, heads of department, etc. On, yeah. online. We have a team call um, every morning at 8.45 with the management heads across Betty um, and have started, that was started in the weeks leading up to lockdown and have discontinued. Um, so it's a great way to kind of interact. I think it was a big novelty for people to begin with then people started to get a bit sick of it because they were being invited to too many party nights and different things <laughs> on zoom um, but from a practical point of view for business it's been it's been great we use microsoft teams more that's just a system we have for yeah. um, internal communication as well um, but it works on the same premise and um, you know it's helped us because we've been able to do um, you know quite a high percentage of virtual valuations in the you know that People were really engaging with us at the start of May, all through May and into early June, desperate to kind of just get an idea of where's the market, what can you do, how can I get my house prepped for getting ready and having mm -hmm. this in format to be able to invite people to make a call with you and just chat to them face to face like you would in their living room. And yes. um, it really has helped. Um, you know, you still have the same level of engagement. And, um, you know, I've had a pretty much 100% sign up rate from doing um, virtual valuations for my clients. Good, good. Um, but to be fair, in the city, I mean, as much as 30% of your properties come from people you've never met. They live down south. It's an ex-rental. They live up in Aberdeen. Their kids were in it. You need yeah. sometimes until key handover day and everything's just done over the phone. So yeah. doing it by video calls, one step more. So it's certainly yeah. been um, made things easier. They see the whites of your eyes. <laughs> so I'll take you back to when you started at Slater Hog and you did your training there. Um, it, it must be night and day between all the, the kit and caboodle that you've got now and, the, and, and how that's um, made the job easy. Well, you can tell me whether or not it's made the job easier. Over those 25 years, what have you seen as being the sort of the game changers as far as the estate agency is concerned? I just think companies that are forward thinking and keeping up with tech to enable their teams to do their jobs easily and efficiently. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that that Reti very much are. We've got a head of IT, um, Graham Nicholson, who is a great guy and just very forward thinking, thinks everything through. So I know that there's a lot of agencies that maybe are smaller firms that haven't had the finance to do it, or um, you know, maybe some of the kind of larger companies that didn't have their staff set up in 
in that way and we're relying yeah. on you know Citrix systems within their office um, and I feel for them because it's been that must have been difficult to have to step away from all these clients you were trying to care for and not be able to um, so one thing I will say having um, you know being with a company like Reti they are very forward thinking they want to be at the front of leading the way um, and making our lives as easy as possible from the, the level of um, you know we've got repit but we've got the highest level of repit that allows easy import and mobile service and loads of different kind of add-ons that just make your day-to-day -day running of your database super fast so mm -hmm. it's, um, it's, uh, it's an eye-opener and, and it's a big part of why I wanted to to come and work with them really. So long gone are the days of the t-card. Long gone are the days of the t-card. I mean personally I'm pretty much paper-free apart from a notepad um, everything's scanned on um, shredded uh, uh -huh. No paper files anymore. Just keep it simple, and that allows you to be remote. Yeah, and that's and one of the things that I certainly found in jumping from the law full time into doing the mortgages. We just don't mm -hmm. have any paper at all. Everything yeah. that is done on a case management system, uh, and yes, we've still got to get the copy documents, your passports, your bank statements, your payslip, etc. But as soon yeah. as we get them, they're scanned on, and then they're handed yeah. back to the client, and and that's it. So yeah. we don't have any paper files at all. And I tell you, it took some time for me to just go from from being, you know, yeah. cabinet after filing cabinet after yeah. filing cabinet to then becoming, oh my god. What do you mean I don't have a piece of paper? Because I have to have physically yeah. some, or I felt yeah. that I had to have something physical to look at. And I just thought, yeah. once I ended up getting two screens, that was the game changer for me. Yeah. Because once I got two screens, then I felt, for whatever reason, I felt so much more comfortable in yeah. dealing with without any paper. Um, yeah. It's yeah, definitely. I mean, it's in that, you know, I started from scratch in here with nothing just setting up in um, the city branch out of their Bass Street letting office as a kind of um, satellite of the West End LLP effectively and, and started with nothing just with my kit, my tech, my laptop, my headsets etc yeah. and made a point of not getting a filing cabinet so that I didn't start having swathes of paper and going back. through that. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I just got gradually gradually used to it and much prefer it you know everything is saved online cloud saves etc etc so yeah it's just a, a, a different way of working some people do rely on checklists and ticking things off but I've got it mm -hmm. in here <laughs> <laughs> so back in your slate of hog days you know 15 years there um did you have anybody there um mentoring you there um well yes I mean our senior managers um were ultimately the people that were mentoring us. The company was, you know, I think if you look at all of the kind of independent or uh, newer estate agencies, and when I say newer, these are maybe companies within the last 10 or 15 years, mm -hmm. um, they're all, uh, bar very few, um, ex-Slaterhog right employees there. that have yep. gone out on their own and opened up. So, I, I mean, they definitely do have, um, as do Reti, a really strong focus on staff training and development. Um, so, I had worked with them I started with them when I was 20 as a receptionist effectively and um, within three years was doing a bit of negotiation. Then I got a job offer um, to go and work as a valuer for a letting agency, which I thought that's a bit more career advancement, more money. So I left. Then after three years, I was a, uh, at a barbecue and one of my old bosses in Slater Hall said, look, are we looking for people? What are you thinking? Would you come back? So I ended up getting taken back age 26 as a branch manager and 
very strongly supported from that away in a week's training course down south intensive training course um you know to just ensure you had the right skills to be you know mm. doing all and then helping you to develop staff and then monthly meetings and then it kind of just graduated on i then went through a regional training course and um was involved in kind of regional stuff with the company and then became an area manager with them. So, um, and supported throughout, right the way up by my direct managers within the business. Yeah, certainly if you speak to anybody who's gone through Slater Hogan House and the training is always the thing that they hark back to. I know Bruce Patterson very well. He's, he's running one of the quorums down in, in, in Ayr. Yes. Um, and I think Maitland, was Maitland a? Maitland's an ex-Slater Hockey as well, yes. Slater Hogg as well, yeah. yeah. That's how I, uh, well, the reason I'm sort of with Bretty um, is I met um, Jamie Osborne, who is an associate partner in the West End. Yeah. And we work, when I first went back to Slater Hog in my mid-twenties, um, Jamie was my valuer and I was the branch manager in the Candlewigs Merchant City office, yep. where I had originally started and hit 20. And um, I had met him at a DM Hall comedy night and he was asking how I was getting on. And he said, look, you should come and speak to Maitland, you know, we've got some plans for expansion of the business and you know we think you'd be the right person for it so that's how Retty effectively kind of came about that meeting happened and three months later I was there. Uh, so, so really what you're saying is go to barbecues and comedy nights and, and mm -hmm. that you, you'll end up getting a job. <laughs> no I have yeah I just I've been genuinely very fortunate I mean I've worked for this is the third company I've worked for but I had five jobs that makes sense I started off yeah, with Slater, yeah. went to a letting agency left Slaterhog because the letting agency from Edinburgh had come back to me to say, would you come and manage for us? Did a couple of years with them and then Retty and I have no no plans. Well, at the moment, no, I've no plans to go in. <laughs> I'm really, really enjoying the challenge of building up the business. We're really yeah. getting a good thing in the city, which yep. is um, really... So um, who's your well, competition there in the city? My old, um, my old buddies in the um, Slater Hog. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I worked, um, that was my city centre, was my branch of Slater Hog, well, my main branch, and, um, you know, sort of built that up um, and countrywide. So they're, they're the two main competitors. And depending on what postcode you look at, on um, that we will cover a very small area from the city branch, um, but we are in either second or third place, depending on what postcode. So that was quite a good position to be in within. Mm only a couple of years, so quite proud of that. Brilliant, brilliant. So listen, let's talk about the bounce. Um, we're all going back to the 29th. Some surveyors have already been back for a couple of weeks. Um, yes. And certainly I have noticed over the last 10 days that there has been a, a huge increase in the amount of inquiries that we've been getting as far as mm. mortgages are concerned. Yeah. Um, and I think that has, from the estate agents that I was speaking to, they're also um, talking up what looks to be, uh, as we said earlier, there's a head of steam there, whether or not it's three months worth of, of work that's coming in in the space of one month, I guess time will tell. Where mm -hmm. do you think, what's your view on the bounce? Because I, I think there will be a bounce, but it's, I guess, how long the bounce is going to last. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that, that is going to be difficult to, you know, for anyone to predict a course we would we would like to there is definitely wholeheartedly pent up demand we have been open completely through the lockdown and dealing with customer inquiries for valuation and for sale and I'm speaking mm -hmm. from both my branch but what's being experienced in the city which is just such a small slice of what's going on but you know obviously as I said we're in talks every morning with you know um, our 
managing partners of the different different offices and everybody's of the same opinion. The number of um, inquiries for properties to launch, properties that we had ready to launch just before going into lockdown and people saying, well, look, I'll hold off and see. So there's been properties we've been able to release onto the market and we're starting to field inquiries with busiest week ahead of viewings um, starting from the 29th um, whilst we've been uh, providing people with uh, as much kind of video footage and um, on vacant properties been able to do video walkthroughs people still want to physically go in and get a feel for a property so mm -hmm. whilst you might eradicate some of the numbers from um, showing you know more rather than the glossy video that you would get to showcase a property actually going in warts and all and with a, a camera and, and you know going down the walls and looking around the place very fully um, so that has triaged a degree of viewings but even with that it's just going to be you know the word manic keeps being um, mm. banded around in emails at the moment among, amongst the team so yes there's a bounce difficult to completely compare the numbers because what's really happening just now is probably two months rather than three or four months worth of you know business all yeah. kind of condensed and um, but I, I genuinely think there are people that will be who have been shielding etc that will be a little bit more reticent and as they start to see things moving will probably you know be coming to us into July time so we're still going to see yeah. um, a good number of people wanting and, to and, and I guess very much it depends as to the type of stock that you are selling um, a couple of weeks back I was talking to Bruce Patterson at, at Corum and, and the kind of um, stock that he's got is very much detached properties, semi-detached properties, um, mm -hmm. and has got quite an elder. I mean, he, he deals out of air and and Troon, so mm -hmm. he's got quite an elderly clientele, and yep. some of which will no doubt be be shielding. And what his thought was that he felt that it might even morph into a sort of Australian type where he gets the trestle table outside the house, he's got the hand sanitizer and the gloves. The, the, the clients, i.e. the owners, they go off for the day um, mm -hmm. and, and Bruce just has them stacked up for viewings mm -hmm. every sort of 10, 15, 10, mm -hmm. 15 minutes. I've not well, that, I mean, viewings, Yeah, viewings certainly are, um, you know, being staggered. We used to operate on, on very busy properties, a kind of block viewing where you would have four people booked in as a maximum over a 45 minute period so that you can maximise between you know 9.45 in the morning and 7 at night the best number of viewings but yep. we have to obviously change that we can't have firstly too many people going into one property in one day and um, people quite often tend to come along with a family member or a partner and um, so we've requested that that's kept to a minimum it's the buyer buyers only not additional people um, and giving people a 15 minute slot to view and only having sort of three or four people back to back mm -hmm. within a property and then moving on to the next. Um, so that the kind of way that that's all being managed is going to make things will take longer because obviously if you can get four people into a property every yeah. day for a week, you've got a closing date the following week. If you can only get to a property once or twice a week and you've only got four people going in, that's just going to take a little bit longer for things to move. But people are noting interest before they've even viewed properties wow. that they're interested in at the moment. So okay. we're getting a lot of that because they want to just um, well, state their claim really and um, please yeah. keep in touch with me because I can't get to view until next Thursday but I don't want it to close without me getting an opportunity on it. Uh -huh. So there's, there's quite a bit of that. So I don't know that it would be sort of fair to have the Australian auctions situation because you've got to be respectful of 
we cover, obviously we've got branches that are selling um, you know, in residential areas, homes, so you could have a few people standing in a driveway, um, but a lot of our business is also flats and conversions yeah. in the city, um, in the West End, um, so you have to be respectful of the neighbours as well, um, and not have, you know, crowds of people mm. like up outside properties, so yeah. it just yeah. kind of tentatively, you know, stepping into the, the new normal of viewing arrangements. I mean, my my view on the bounce, I think, is that it will be driven, as all markets are, by by sentiment, by the by the public sentiment. And I mm -hmm. think that as long as there's not bad news stories coming out on social media, the press, and the mm -hmm. and the TV about redundancies here, companies mm -hmm. closing there, then I think mm -hmm. the the bounce will will be a long, mm -hmm. long bounce. Whereas I think. The, the concern, and I, I was speaking to Richard Pirrett there just today, um, and, and his view is, yes, he thinks you're, we're probably going to get two or three months out of it, but once the clocks go back, again, if the redundancy start kicking in um, and the people start coming off furlough, then that's going to be a problem. And people are probably going to think, you know what, do I really want to risk buying a property? I don't think it's going to prevent the first-time buyers. I think if there is going to be anything that prevents the first-time buyers, it's going to be lack of funding because it's nigh on impossible to get a 95% loan. People are going to have to rely upon the first home fund. But mm -hmm. then how long is that first home fund going to be available given the yeah. perilous nature of, of, yeah. of the economy? Um, so I'm just hoping that, that it, it lasts for as long as possible. Definitely. I mean, I think there is... There's desire at the moment because the market was in a strong place from the start of the year, having had been through the election and you know things were, were busying up. There has been for a good number of years a shortage effectively of property in the popular areas. And um, if you have the majority of property either selling very quickly at a crazy price over home report to secure it or going to closing date with anywhere between six, 12 plus offers, um, that's a, a property shortage. And so if even only a third of these people are still looking to move, you're still getting a closing date, you've still got an opportunity of getting a good price for your property to sell. Yeah. Um, and if the stock levels are less because people are reticent to move, there's still all these buyers wanting mm -hmm. to, to buy and secure something. And I think yeah. when people are looking at the long term, nobody wants to overpay and then be in the position that we were in 2008, where people that have been bidding in 2006 and seven all of a sudden were kind of straight into negative equity. But if you're... That could happen at any point during your ownership of a home. So mm -hmm. there are less and less people, of course, there's developers that are looking to buy and flip, and that's um, you know a different section of the market. Investors are looking to rent, and as long as the figures tally up for their potential rental, then it's a viable thing to do. And a lot of people are looking at their next 10, 12, 15 year home. So if they overpay slightly now to get in the good school catchment area, you know, in five years' time when they're looking to remortgage, they can maybe, you know worry about that then rather than yes. you know yeah and they will say that there's sort of three reasons for selling debt divorce and debt so there's going to be a whole ream of that with property yeah. and circumstance coming to the marketplace um, to, to, to deal with i wonder how much pressure the surveyors are going to be put under in order to just to because they will be to a certain extent the ones that drive the, the prices and if they start saying well yes i know that Prior to lockdown, that was worth two hundred thousand. But 
I think it's only now worth 175. Now, I don't know on what basis that they can make that judgment, but it may well be that if the lenders are starting to get a little bit antsy about having to lend at 90% and 95, they may be saying, well, listen, hold on here. You might find that what the lenders will want is rather than relying upon a home report, they might actually want to get their own independent surveyor done just to make sure that the home report is in fact. Yeah, I mean, obviously that ha- happens already with buy-to-let funding. So there is, you know, there is a reasonable chance that that will be, and that's the bank's decision to do that. The surveyors that we are speaking with and the larger firms in Glasgow, Shepherds Ally, DM Hall, are all, you know, confident that the values that they're putting on anything that they're going out to look at just now are kind of pre-COVID prices because there's no um, uh, evidence otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, you know, with respect to surveyors, Ultimately, you can see they get it wrong because every time we sell something, it sells, generally speaking, higher. Um, you know, in the areas yeah. that operate in, I don't know what other pockets of Glasgow that you know we're not, um, uh, you know, handling property in to know the kind of premiums. But certainly in the you know, Bearsden, West End, City, Newton, Merrim, Shawlands, the majority of property is achieving a three to ten percent premium above home report. So yeah. maybe going forward, people's reticence to overpay will mean that the type of offers we're getting at a closing date, if there's two or three people bidding, are going to be much closer to the home report. Mm-hmm. Um, and we feed that information back to the surveyors. We let them know what, what kind of prices we've been achieving, and that will give them, in some respects, you know, confidence that the pricing is still you know, in, in, in line. Yeah. But there I mean, something there, there's been many a time where we have got a client who has paid say 15 20 grand over the home report value we've then gone back to the surveyor and we've Mm -hmm. said well listen clearly you must have got the valuation wrong because there were five people interested in this you value the property at 200,000 we've paid 230,000 pounds and the surveyor without the blink of an eye says oh you're probably right there we'll just put the valuation up at 230,000 pounds so it means then that you're getting a stretch as far as your deposit is concerned. (laughs) Now, there's not not everybody that does that. There's only Mm -hmm. a couple of lenders. And in fact, I remember, I think it was maybe Santander who had said, listen, that's what you should do. Um, Well, it's in line with the market, but I guess banks are going to want to protect themselves, hence them having the, um, you know, very limited uh, funding at your 90 and 95%. You know, they're wanting to have a, a, a lesser a lesser stake to mm. compensate for any potential potential fall but it's hard yeah. to forecast that i mean we're agents you know are, are by nature um positive uh realistic but positive and so it's hard to to foresee that there's not going to be some kind of market and and if there are is there a drop in the premiums that people are getting above home report then you know that's just something that's going to be across the board and so if you're buying and selling in the same market, you're going to be making the same savings. Yes. Therefore, there is a market, so that yeah, people will yeah. still, you know, be able to move. Absolutely. And as far as the logistics are concerned, what what is the the legislative requirements for you to say to your clients, the sellers, to say, well, listen, you need to have the the sanitizer. You need. Are you under an obligation to say that to them? Are you? Do you have to give them sanitizer, gloves? You don't have How to does that work? It. No, so in advance of appointments, we have um, a ready company protocol, which is in line with government guidance. So mm-hmm. most people are kind of asking, do I need to wear a mask, etc. And so that will be down to individual homeowners if they're doing their own viewings as to whether they want to wear a mask. Yep. Ready staff 
um, you know, will carry uh, masks, we'll have our own hand sanitizer. Um, the whole idea is that when we're conducting viewings, there would only be one person with the viewing agent socially distanced within the property. And when we're conducting physical valuations, we go into the property, ask the owner if we can just have a look around ourselves and either stand outside and talk about it mm -hmm. or phone them after the appointment so that there's a minimum time spent in a property face-to-face. -face. So yeah. if we continue with this horrible weather, that's not going to be ideal standing outside with an umbrella, but that's when yeah. this kind of video call comes into its own. Mm -hmm. um, often, uh, you know, the organisation for getting photographs and things done is going to be that you know the owners will provide a set of keys, let the photographer go into the property and the owner can wait in their car or go back to work etc. So it's just working slightly differently. I mean we used to go into a property to sign it up and we would have you know myself, the surveyor, our photographer and we'd all be working around each other. I'd be getting measurements for the floor plan, the photographer would be in one room yeah. and that way there was minimum imposition to the owner who'd taken the morning off work. Mm -hmm. We just blasted it all and got the property ready within 48 hours. Now it's you know every other day and it's going to just take slightly longer that lead-in time yeah, for yeah. market. But yeah we've got clear guidance and protocols that are um, on our website, you only have to go onto the website and click on the big pink COVID announcement um, mm -hmm. to get the full breakdown. But as I say, we're just emailing everybody with every every appointment made to yeah. to notify them. And, and masks are not obligatory yet unless you're on public transport. So it's going to be down to individuals to be comfortable mm -hmm. um, if they want to wear one and they would prefer that we do when we're with them, we will do. Yeah, I think just everybody's got to be sensible, haven't they? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Just. Um, we just need to kind of crack on, you know, but with care and, and be sensible, exactly. Mm. And then what about the future then? Where, where can you see, I mean, the talk that was that very much that purple bricks were, were on their way out and their, their share price was sliding every time you looked at it. Mm -hmm. um, online, bricks and mortar, can you see a, a... I think a bricks and mortar agency with a good online presence and having the technology to deal with everything that gets thrown at you in the marketplace is, mm -hmm. is the way forward. People do still, uh, you know, need to come in and hand keys when we're allowed to meet people face to face. Yeah, um, yeah. That's an important part of the kind of customer journey. It's been quite horrible having to leave sets of keys with a wee note on the back of your business card squeezed into a key box for people to mm -hmm. put a code in and collect on the date of entry rather than a handshake yeah. and a gift bag and a good luck and all of that. So, you know, I think there's if you only have to look at, for example, how busy Byers Road has been um, as a street uh, and people wanting to go into shops and, and be milling around and, you know, and see things, I think mm -hmm. that having that physical presence is still a really important thing for an yeah. agent yeah. In, in a city uh, for the assurance for their customers that, you know, we're here and there's somebody that even if you don't get to speak to the person you want to, when we go back to normal business, you buzz the door and you've got somebody there that can answer and listen to your well there's a couple of things there well there's walker wiley who have now uh, are about to open up on woodlands road yeah. they yep. started off as a purely online estate agency mm -hmm. i don't i think if you spoke to both of them they probably thought you know what no we're just going to go online we're going to go online and then suddenly mm -hmm. they've got some premises out there um yep. from my point of view having been in uh, started off in the basement where nobody knew who we were mm -hmm. and the only presence that we had was was on social media yep. you buy somewhere out on crow road 
on one mm -hmm. of the busiest thoroughfares, certainly in Glasgow, with thousands mm -hmm. of cars coming up and down. I've been astounded by now the amount of people who are now phoning us, because mm -hmm. I always say every time a car goes past, I said to Catherine, my admin, that's a mortgage. You know, we just need yeah. to try and it's get them in when they, think... when they need a mortgage. Yeah. And what's happening now is that when they are, they're for because we don't even have the telephone number. So it means that they've mm -hmm. got to do a little bit of background work to find out how to get in contact with us, yeah. which is, yeah. I think that, that, that stickiness about the marketing is, is quite good. And you know that yeah. it's, they've made some sort of effort to try and find out. So they must be half interested in, in, in mm -hmm. coming on board. Mm -hmm. But it's amazing, one a week, maybe two a week, we're getting people coming mm -hmm. in. Um, and it's been the best, as I say, because the, the, I ended up buying it, the premises with the, with the mm -hmm. pension. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm paying rent to myself. So yeah. that's, that's great. That's a win-win. Um, <laughs> and then all these people phoning me up saying, well, you know, we, we want a mortgage. And I, I said, well, listen, I've, I've just bought a very expensive billboard. That's all yeah. we've bought. Well, that's it. I was going to say that's exactly what it is. A big advertising board. And, and that, having that local presence, I mean, in, in a state agency, it's all about the boards. And it's all about your board presence in the area that you, you work in. You want to be mm -hmm. visible. You want your brand to be out there. I mean, that's something that's quite difficult to do in the city because you get whipped away in a week from the, um, for the bin men because they're not really supposed to have them on lamp posts. Or by your um, competitors. We, we, do, we, do keep trying, we do keep trying just to get that visibility in and around the city. Um, so... Yeah, you know, I think I think a physical presence is important, but I think um, I don't even think that you know estate agents have necessarily learned anything from online agents. We've anybody who's wanted to progress their business has just developed as online offerings have developed, and you've either got on the bandwagon by you know doing as much as you can with the, your kind of online presence, getting Matterport three D tours, mm -hmm. HD videos, etc. Um, you know. And, and then actually having the person you want to speak to, you can get their direct dial and talk to them rather than have to phone an 08 something number and press yeah. one for this, two for that. You know, people don't like that. Companies maybe like it, bigger companies, because it saves them a few quid for the shareholders, but individuals phoning up just want to chat to somebody, even if it's not the person. But, it, but it's not just that they want to chat to somebody, they want they to want chat to, to Lisa Pictures, they want to yes. chat to Maitland, they want to chat yeah. to, you know, Chris Breckenridge, um, yeah. Bruce Patterson. So yeah. here, here, here's a question to you. America and the estate agency side is absolutely dominated by individuals and not necessarily mm -hmm. by companies. Yes, mm -hmm. they've got companies, but these companies are, are dealing with the back office systems, the likes of Keller Williams, etc. Mm -hmm. Can you see that being it's never really been something that I don't know whether it's not been tried or whether nobody's made a success of it, but you just need to walk down Byers Road and there's, it's Retty's, but Maitland Walker is on the mm -hmm. header there. So people mm -hmm. are going to Retty's in Byers Road, probably because it's Maitland Walker, not because it's mm -hmm. Retty's and, and probably yeah, well, with you as well. Well, to a degree, I mean, the, per the person is the brand. I mean, when we opened up um, the city office, there was sort of um, digital billboard advertisements of my face that I'd joined Retty. I can't remember the tagline. It was quite quirky. Um, and the point of that was just to get that out because, yeah. you know, I was to a degree known within the state agency world to my customers. And I've, off the back of that, managed to get a lot of people who bought from me 10 years ago, looking me up online, calling me, you know, so it is about that. It's a personal brand thing, mm -hmm. but um, I think it's very important to have 
whatever that is, the backing of the brand of your company and everything that that offers a customer rather than just because well. a lot yeah. of people have gone out on their own to your yoppas and the different. And I'm not. I think customer service individuals are giving will be great. I'm not meaning to slate that in any way, but I think I think people would just prefer to have a, a brand that's got an office that you feel a wee bit kind of safer with than what, and, what's happened. To people and I think I, I agree, and I think the market has stood the test of time as far as that's concerned. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it be a Retis, a Clyde, a Slater Hog, you know, you know yeah. they've all been, you know, your mm -hmm. Gary Thompson's there, at Clyde, it's Gary Thompson, but it's still is still Clyde and the mm -hmm. fact that nobody has really been able to stand out there and say I'm Joe X um, mm -hmm. rather than Joe X with somebody behind them uh, I yeah. think probably says that I just don't know whether or not that will work over here. Well it's just I mean different personalities it took us a long time to want to have our photographs on the back of targeted flyers and then before you know it we're recording videos for our website or for um, for, for uh, Wix and Mortar podcast <laughs> or for our own advertisement on um, on LinkedIn. So yeah, we're just yeah. developing and moving and getting more comfortable with the different forms of media that we feel we're going to reach our customers with. And whenever we, by our marketing department. <laughs> and whenever we started, we were always absolutely rubbish at it. But yes. what you've got to understand and believe is that the more you do it, the better yeah. you will become. There's just no yeah. doubt about it. And, and you get over that fear factor. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if you saw uh, Curtis and um, Ian's story. You've got, uh, oh, a Demental Block. They've got a great agency in um, Bearsden, and not Bearsden, sorry, Bridge of Weir and Paisley. Um, they do videos and just um, at the middle of the lockdown, they released a video of all their bloopers and right. absolutely hilarious. So they get, they, they do a you know, talk outside each of the houses at the launch and they've got a really good following on um, Cochrane Dickey, Cochrane Dickey. Yeah. And um, so yeah, very funny to see and, uh, you know, just the, the many takes that it takes until you get the, <laughs> the words right. Uh, so yeah, yeah listen, it's a, it's a, we're, we're estate agents and we're natural talking to people face to face, but when you've uh -huh. got a camera in front and you have to do a bit of a monologue, it's a slightly different story. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Listen, I've got some quick questions, just to, yes. quick fire questions to ask and, and then I'll, I'll walk you to the exit. Um, so <laughs> it's very much an either or, uh, you don't really need to think too much about it. Car or bike? Both. Good. Um, trendy face mask or plain? Plain. Online supermarket or standing queue? Uh, neither. The city supermarkets don't have queues. <laughs> I like to choose. <laughs> Self-service or pack my bags, please? Uh, I like to interact with somebody and have a conversation if that's behind a screen. So yeah. And so, Zoom or face-to-face? Uh, face-to-face. Homework or in the office? Both. Estate agent or letting agent? Estate agent. Good, 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 Definitely. good. I've, bought, I've been to the dark side and yeah. uh, <laughs> that's estate agency again. It's a cleaner, a cleaner transaction. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, listen, this has been absolutely fantastic. I've really well, enjoyed you. our chat. Um, what we normally ask our clients to do is you can do the outro. So I do an, an intro and then you can do an outro. So all mm -hmm. you need to say is buying, selling, renting property. I always listen to Bricks and Mortar Mortgages, Bricks and Mortar Podcast. So buying, selling, renting property. I always listen to Bricks and Mortar Podcast.
Thank you. That's fantastic. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful.